Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, February the 13th. We are reading from the big book, and we're on page 90 in the chapter, Working with Others, the first paragraph, When You Discover a Prospect for Alcoholics Anonymous. We'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Roz G, 12 Traditions, Loretta H, and readers of the text, Martha Z, Katie G, and Allison L. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, February the 12th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 14107, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 14108. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Roz G to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Roz. Press star one, Roz. I'm sorry, I was unmuted. All right, here we go. Wait, let me pull it up here. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to each, to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Roz G. And Loretta H. will read the 12 traditions. Thank you. This is Loretta H. from North Carolina, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, prestige, divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our servicemen may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spirit of all these ever reminding us to place principles before personality. And thanks everybody for your service today. Thank you, Loretta H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter Working with Others, page 90, the first paragraph, When You Discover. And that would be Martha Z. If you could start reading for us, please. 
Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your loving service. This is Martha C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. When you discover a prospect for Alcoholics Anonymous, find out all you can about him. If he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. You may spoil a later opportunity. This advice is given for his family also. They should be patient, realizing they're dealing with a sick person. So, good morning, my friends in recovery. So it says, when you discover a prospect, find out all you can about him. So we're blessed today. We don't really have to search out for prospects. We have plenty of them in our local meetings and and on our Vision for You line. The more challenging aspect of that is that to, to find somebody who really wants to recover and do the work, there's people that, that want some relief and want to lose some weight. But it's So that's a little bit more challenging. But um, So I usually start by engaging in a friendly conversation, and I, and I kind of ask the person why they came, like what the, brought them to OA. And um, then I'll share about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind if it sounds like they might be a compulsive overeater. So for the allergy of the body, I might say something like, well, you know, there was no such thing as eating two cookies. There was eating two boxes of cookies and then some. And um, for the obsession of the mind, I would say something like, uh, I was thinking about food 24-7, either how I was going to buy it, um, eating it, or recovering from eating it. Um, and, and they're usually, usually they kind of nod, and I can see that, that, you know, they're kind of like, yeah, that's my experience. Um, the one thing that I do see, though, is I can tell sometimes they're not used, not uh, ready yet because um, I may say something like, well, as long as I stay away from certain foods, I'm okay if I'm talking about the allergy. And I may start with sugar, and I'll just say, like, I don't eat sugar, and then I, I don't have a craving for it. And, you know, then you get... You can see that you know there's no way that they can even begin to ponder doing that. And um, anyway, so um, anyway, so uh, the paragraph before says we can be uniquely useful, and the uniquely useful part is not only have we been there and you know, you know with food, but also because we're living in recovery today and we have hope and encouragement to share with them. So it says if he doesn't want to stop, don't waste time trying to persuade him. He may spoil a later opportunity. And uh, sometimes more research is needed to get completely powerless and done and out of ideas. And the um, paragraph before also reminds us to be useful as our only aim. So don't waste time also refers to the idea that we could be working with somebody who really wants to recover. Um, and this advice is given for the family also. They should be patient realizing they're dealing with a sick person. So it's usually not my experience to be involved with the family until after I've been sponsoring the person for a while. But they, you know, the idea is that we're not dealing with somebody who's weak-willed or stupid, but that this is really an illness like alcoholism is. And um, this paragraph applies to me today with my brother because he has a problem with depression and is an alcoholic. But he's in denial about both of these. And I, I know we're dealing with a sick person. I try to help my mom to understand that that's true for him. And it's very hard for me to accept the fact that he may never get treatment. So I, I do really I know I need to leave him in God's hands and pray that he gets the help he needs. And most of all, for me to get out of the way because I find it really hard to let go. So I just see it as another step one I can practice. So 
Anyway, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Martha Z. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last two days to take this opportunity. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Meryl. Amy G. Okay, I heard Meryl D, Craig F, I believe, and Amy G. Linda D. Terry K. I can take one more. Courtney M. Courtney M. Okay, that's great. I have our lineup. Meryl uh, hello, this is Craig F, and you didn't hear me. I think you heard Chuck K. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, so we've got Meryl D, Amy G, Leslie D, Terry K. There was a Courtney, and there was a gentleman who had spoken up, but it wasn't Craig F. If you could just uh, give me his name, that would be great. That was Chuck K. Perfect. Thank you, Chuck. Okay, I have you down as our second. Thank you very much. Okay, if we could start with Merle D, please, followed by check A. Please go ahead, Merle. Press star one to unmute, Merle. Hi, this is um, this is Merle D. A um, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, trying to recover. I um, really, really appreciated uh, both having this meeting today and also um, hearing that chapter. I very recently, um, through like a serendipitous situation, found these meetings. And it was actually through someone that I think recognized me immediately as part of you know, the compulsive overeater club. And um, for me, it was uh, really amazing to just meet someone out, out in the world that understood that, that there was something that we shared and there was um, some help that I could get. And for me, um, it's been really challenging this week to show up for myself, to show up um, to these meetings um, because I am traveling and I'm, I'm back home uh, where I grew up, which is really triggering. So um, I, I just took the time yesterday to pray that I would come back to these meetings and um, be with people that are struggling in the same way that I am. But I had some company and, and didn't feel so alone. Um, and so with that, I would just like to, to thank you all for um, being here today and for um, sharing your story and your willingness to help others like me out there. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Meryl D. Chuck K., it's your turn, followed by Amy G. Please go ahead, Chuck. Hey, good morning. This is Chuck K. from Georgia. How are you? 
Well, thank I, you. Uh, thank you. I tell you, sponsoring has been a wonderful blessing for me. I have been in program for, it'll be five years, and in the last year, I've been a part of Vision. And in the last year, I have sponsored just a large number of people. And the way I sponsor is I go through the big book, like I was sponsored. And it's been a blessing, both in the amount of repetitive action of going through the big book and having a deeper understanding of it, and then listening to the stories of people that are really hurt out there, and then also seeing the change from people who cannot access God because they've been hurt, or they don't trust God, or they've had something happen to them, and to someone who can then go out and sponsor other people with a firm foundation of God, a good relationship with the God of their understanding. And it's been such a wonderful blessing. Um, it's really helped my recovery as well, seeing these people develop. But I have to remember, in step three, I'm putting myself under the care and direction of God. So really what I'm supposed to be doing as a sponsor is guiding people through the big book, guiding them to a God of their understanding. And that's it. I share my strength, hope, and experience doing that. And I don't get caught up with what they're willing or not willing to do. That's their choice. If they're willing to do the work, that's great. If they're not willing to do the work, that's that's great. That's their journey. And I don't get caught up in that. And it's very important that I don't. So um, when, when I'm thinking about sponsoring and when I take anyone on, there's a set of questions and things we go through. But really, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for opportunities for me to share my faith and the, the God of my understanding to let somebody else know that this is where the power is going to come from. Not only to stay away from the food, but live a life that you wouldn't dream that you could live. And I think that's the really important thing about program. Losing weight is a wonderful thing and, and you know, not getting ticked off because I've dropped my pencil because I can't pick it up. Those are wonderful things. Getting in an airplane seat without getting the seatbelt extender, that's an embarrassing thing to live with. But really, the life I live and, and the things that make up my life now are so much more fulfilling than the life that I had before program. And that's because I was able to develop a relationship with the God of my understanding that could supply me with the power to live my life in a wonderful way. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so thankful that God allows me to share that with other people. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck K. Amy G., it's your turn, followed by Leslie D. Please go ahead, Amy. Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service and for a wonderful meeting. I, too, you know, agree. I think sometimes it's difficult to discern with someone whether they truly want to recover or whether it's frothy emotional appeal, as it talks about in the big book. And, and sometimes maybe they don't even know, but they do want to feel better. They do want to stop being crazy for food. And that's, as was said, it's not my job to decide for you whether you're a compulsive overeater. That's your job. And, and I can't convince you. And I think the word in here is very appropriate, persuade. For me, that's the warning bell. If I'm on the phone with a, a prospect 
and I'm trying to persuade them about this program, then there's a warning bell going on there because I'm trying to convince them. I'm trying to make them think something that's not my job to do. For me, my job is to be of maximum service, and that is to suit up and show up and carry this message of depth and weight, to be recovered myself and be available. Like it talked about in the last paragraph, to be helpful is our only aim. Also, for me, sponsorship is not optional. That's a part of my program that I have to do. I want to do it, and it's an honor and a privilege to do it, but it also is an integral part of my spiritual maintenance. So my job is to be available to carry the message, not to carry the person, not to convince them, but to be of maximum service. And if I'm trying to persuade them, then there's a problem already. You know, we always say in the program that we let the disease do the convincing. I'm going to give you my left arm to help you, and it, it becomes very clear down the road in a sponsor-sponsee relationship whether or not that person is ready. It always reveals itself because the disease will always do what the disease does. And unless that person is ready, it will be revealed soon enough. And that's not my job to figure that out for them. But it is my job to be there, to be available, and to be in a position of maximum service to do maximum help, which is to share my story of what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Take them through the big book. Give them the instructions. And it says here, find out all you can about them. You know, at some point, I need to also be a really good listener. And sometimes I think I forget that, too. I need to remember that I not only need to tell my story, I need to be able to listen as well. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Let me share. Thank you, Amy G. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Terry K. Please go ahead, Linda. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. So grateful to be recovered. It's my birthday today. And um, the reason I have a birthday is God. And the reason I have God is this program. It's just that simple. Um, I was an atheist, so this program really had to work because I had a very, very, very low bottom. Part of that, uh, my journey through this program for which I am so grateful, has been sponsoring and dealing with other people and helping other people. And I so appreciate all the remarks people are making about detaching from your sponsee or the person you're helping. I'm a professional. I have been a professional caregiver. And that means I spend two, three hours a day with a a client. And uh, it gets very, it got very, very, tricky. I was on the phone with my sponsor all the time. It got very, very painful. I'm very good at it. But what I am is rescuing. And when I'm listening to you folks, I really appreciate bringing this alive because I've never seen people bring it alive except my sponsor and you folks. Everybody else that I knew pretty much was busy carrying people and persuading people because we know how life and death this is. And when you take care of somebody, as I do, I have in the past taken care of people, and you see them dying, it's very emotional. And no, they're not in program, but I was surrounded by addicts, food addicts. So uh, I really appreciate what's being said, and I'm sticking around to learn. Thank you. I guess. Thank you, Linda D. And Terry K, 
Okay, or Terry H. I'm not sure. It's your turn, followed by Courtney. Please go ahead, Terry. Hi, this is Terry K. in Missouri, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, in thinking about the message that I'm carrying, I'm, I'm reflecting on a relationship I have with with my boss, who when we first met and worked together six years ago, we we shared the common problem of the food allergy and we bonded on that and shared and compared notes and fast forward I um, left the job and and came back to the job and and since that time became um, active in my OA program and and I I can't say I was carrying the message I think I was preaching the message um, but in a, you know, good intended way, you know, wanting him to have what I had. Um, but I think my message was falling on deaf ears. And then I would learn that, that it was um, promotion or, or rather um, not promotion and um, attraction rather than promotion. And, and now I'm, I'm realizing, I'm kind of thinking back to my marriage when I was married um, I would talk and I would talk and I would talk and my husband wouldn't hear me and he wouldn't hear me and he wouldn't hear me. So I would talk and I would talk and I would get louder and angrier and he would get deafer and deafer. And and, I, and after the marriage ended, I realized what a waste of all that energy. I tried to have him listen to me. I mean, I didn't matter how loud I spoke, how many words I spoke. If my audience isn't listening, then I'm wasting my air. And so I've learned now that this is so important that carrying the message has to be to an audience that's listening. And so what I need to do today is I need to carry the message not out of my mouth but in my lifestyle and in the um, the example that I'm setting by my, not just my abstinence, that's wonderful, not just my weight loss and my maintenance of a healthy body weight, those are great things, but by the peace and the neutrality I have not only around the food but around drama, around chaos, just so that I can keep my peace day to day, stay in the moment, and trust God. And that way I'm keeping that that bridge, I consider it, open, the door open, that one day, and he did say years ago, he might ask me about that again, and I need to now do my thing, and if he's ready, let him ask me, and then I'll be ready to carry the message to him. In the meantime, I just carry the message to those who are ready. And that's all I have. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Terry Kay. And Courtney, it's your turn. And if we could have the initial of your last name, please. Yes, this is Courtney M. Like Mary. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I am recovering compulsive overeater in Southwest Florida. And um, the the thing when I read this paragraph this morning that I had two parts of this paragraph that really kind of jumped off the page at me and one of them was that you may spoil a later opportunity and the other part was that they that we should be patient realizing that we're dealing with a sick person and so for me um, I know that I've been in and out of a different food program, 12-step program, 
for about five years and I found the vision in um, December. And I'm really, <clears throat> really grateful for it because I have found so much recovery here. But, um, you know, I, I, I am guilty of this. I, I actually was so excited doing the pink cloud thing when I first found vision that I did you know, go out. I have a friend who kind of has been in and out of the rooms with me that I that I reached out to and said, Hey, hey, look, look. <laughs> and um and I think she might listen to like one meeting. Um and I talked to her the other day and she's, you know, oh I'm busy. I'm so busy and da 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 and you know it's funny because that perfectionist that unfortunately is still alive in me that I am working to um boot out um, that perfectionist sees my friend throwing away this opportunity, and it's like, oh gosh, like that's not that you, 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 do you even know what you're 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 not giving yourself a chance to get better and da 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 da. Okay, that's her path. It's not my path. It's not mine to choose, and I have to remember that I'm dealing with a sick person, and that sick person is me. Really, um, I'm the sick person that I'm dealing with. And sometimes I take my will back and I'm not ready. And I kind of have to, you know, bump my head a little bit to remind myself that that's not going to help anybody. If I am out pushing and persuading and um, preaching, because what do how do I react when somebody preaches to me? Well, I go test pattern, right? And it's like I put my hands over my ears and do la 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 la. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear what you think I should do unless I ask you, right? So that whole um, idea of attraction rather than promotion. If somebody asks me, hey, you know, you look like you're, you're healthy or you look like you've got a glow. What are you doing? Then. That opens the door for a conversation. But uh, otherwise, I need to keep it um, contained to this sick person. Um, Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Courtney M. I'd like to remind those who came on the line, perhaps a little bit later, that we are on page 90, When You Discover a Prospect. And the line is now open again. For those who haven't shared in the past two days, please take this opportunity. And please say your name just once as it helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Sam S. Kim J. Ricky M. Okay, so far our lineup is Sam S, Kim G, Ricky M. Anyone else? Okay, Sam, would you like to start us off, please, followed by Kim G. Sure, thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everybody. This is Sam S, Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Rhode Island. 
Um, what I thought was interesting is just the first couple of words, when you discover a prospect, uh, not making a prospect, not uh, convincing a prospect. Um, the, the kind of sobering truth that I'm realizing is that not everybody who comes into the rooms of OA is a prospect um, and is willing to work the program. Um, I very recently started talking to a fellow at one of my meetings and um, she was sharing that she, you know, she was miserable and um, very upset and it wasn't working. And I had just asked, I said, you know, what step are you on and, and where are you at with your sponsor? And she said, well, you know, I'm not willing to get a sponsor. I'm not willing to be honest. I'm not willing to go any lengths. I'm not willing to work the program. So, you know, and how it works, it says it pages 58 to 50 to 60, like really what we need to be able to do. And so that's, that is someone that is still not willing, you know, she's not willing to do it and that's okay. That's all right. I mean, not everybody came into the, um, into the rooms like I did with just a complete desperation and, and was out of ideas. Um, so I, all I have to, all I can do here is I can just be patient, which is one of the things that I'm praying for every morning, you know, um, and to just realize, uh, some, someone told me once, remember where you met. Like I met someone in program, in program because I need recovery. I need connection to my higher power. So, um, there's no like hierarchy of, uh, goodness based on recovery and working. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm praying for that person and I just will, I'm just going to continue doing my program without trying to convince her that, wow, you know, you should really do this. But I did mention to her, you know, I, I'm following this program and I'm seeing a better way. And, and like, I, I know, I know where you're at right now. And that's it. And that's all that I can do is just kind of leave there and just live my life. And, and, you know, maybe, Maybe later on that seed will grow. Maybe it won't, but it's not my responsibility before I, I thought it was. So just really, uh, really glad to be on the line and being glad to be in this chapter. So thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sam S. Kim G., it's your turn, followed by Ricky M. Please go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., recovered since... January 2011, and I love the line, if. Now, if is a condition, so it says, if he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste your time trying to persuade him and maybe spoil a later opportunity. And I think to myself, of all, you know, I often hear people say, well, my sponsor dropped me because I couldn't stay abstinent. Well, what are the directions? The directions, you know, and as we go through this chapter, for those of you who are in the food or in relapse, you know, look at these directions and ask, am I sponsorable? Am I willing to put that food down 100% and be abstinent? You know, I, I know it sucks. You know, that, that those saying abstinence makes you feel better, nothing tastes as good as abstinence feels, that's BS if you're a real compulsive overeater. It's going to suck. You know, I remember being in a meeting where a gentleman said, you know, I, don't, I didn't have a desire to stop drinking, but what I had was a desire to stop suffering. And what do we suffer from? We suffer from the allergy of the body, which means first and foremost, we have to put the food down. And I suffer from a mental twist, which means I have to do the steps. So are, am I, is that person, that prospect, willing to do that? Are they willing to put the food down to arrest the allergy, or are they willing to do the step work? And I know it's not easy as a sponsor. You know, seeing people suffering is not easy. So I don't want to get between them and their step one experience, just like Amy G. was saying. I don't want to give them the false impression that the steps are going to work 
if you continue eating. I just want to say for those sponsors that are saying, oh, no, no, I would never, I would never drop someone for this. My sponsors are in relapse for years, and I keep working with them. Think about it. Are you making it so miserably comfortable to stay in the food that you're delaying their own recovery because you're not allowing them to have that step one experience? I love, I love the saying, honesty without compassion is cruel, but compassion without honesty kills. And I am so grateful for the people in the room who loved me enough to tell me the truth and weren't worried about hurting my feelings. And my experience is, if you do chase these people, you are ruining a later opportunity. And I'm just going to end with this. When it says, when you discover a prospect, find out all you can about him. So what does that look like? I know for myself it means, am I asked, I'm trying to find out, are they coming from obesity, bulimia, anorexia? Are they brand new in OA? Have they been around for decades? Have they done the big book or other OA literature? Are they coming from other 12-step programs, especially the programs that deal with other people's addictions? Because we're used to looking at other people. You know, are, what other treatments? Have they bariatric surgery, treatment centers, um, conventional diet programs? What prejudices that need to be smashed so that they can recover? And I'm so grateful that I don't have to figure it out because the directions are clear. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Ricky M., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Ricky. Hi, this is Ricky M., recovered in Pennsylvania. Wow, um, I love this share today because this is exactly where I'm at. Um, um, I'm new to sponsoring, and I was one of those that was really afraid. And I put it out there, and with God's grace, I got a beautiful sponsee who's, who's really like I see the gift of being able to share with someone who is ready to grow and is, is moving and we're doing great. But this need to try to, like, share the joy with everybody around me is so strong. Um, I watched people I love dearly in addiction looking at me with puppy eyes and, like, desperate for what I have. And I thought that I was selfish by holding it back. So I'm like, sure, I can help you. Um, I'll take your food. But they're not working a program. So are they really committed? Not, you know. And I, I going through that up and down with them, trying to lovingly give them what I have, but without really giving it to them, was I helping them? To the point that I had to tell them, you know what, I really think you should go find somebody else to help you because it, I can't, I, I wasn't helping. And I was hurting, I don't know if I, I I was hurting myself, but that's, I don't know if that's selfish, but I don't know if I was helping them. For them to like, for me to, when it comes to my program, I see the desperateness. I, and I don't, you know, if they're not ready, they're not ready. I can help them, I can bring them through the steps, but if they're not interested and they don't really want it, they just want me, that what I'm learning and hearing from all this year is that I'm not really helping them. And it's it's not easy, you know. You, you I want to share, I want to give, but it's 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 not necessarily helping. And I think that's it's really a waste of time. And just to be there for people that are, are interested. Um, I've had other people ask me, but I don't want to give this up, and I don't want to give that up. And I'm also trying to proselytize, trying to convince. But there's nothing to convince when they're ready. The program is here, sitting and ready and waiting. 
Um, you don't need an amazing sponsor. Anyone that wants to recover, you go out there and get recovered. And if, if the people that I love really want it, they know how to get it. You know, um, I've heard in the rooms like time and time again, recover, recover, recover. It's the biggest gift you can give the struggling food addicts. And for the people that I love, the people I'm trying to help by taking their food or being a support for them, I could always be there for them. I always love them unconditionally. But by them watching me recover, me working a 10-step when I'm struggling, I'm not going to food. Oh, I had a really hard day today. So what did I do? I prayed. I asked God to help me. Staying in the pain. This is the gift that I can give them. And when they're ready, go find an OA meeting and find a sponsor. They know where to find it. They just have to, they, they see it. They have the experience. They know what's out there. Um, I'm not even preaching. They just can see it by example. And that's, that's all I can give at this, at this moment. You know, when they're ready, it's there. And lovingly, caringly, you know, praying for them when I can and, and just being recovered is, is the gift I can give one day at a time. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Ricky M. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later, we are in the chapter Working with Others. We're on page 90, the first paragraph, when you discover a prospect for Alcoholics Anonymous. If you haven't shared in the past few days, please take this opportunity. Who would like to share? Ross M. Anyone else? Colleen P. Okay, I've got Russ M. and Colleen P. Who else? Surrey C. Surrey C. Got you, Surrey. Thank you. Kathy W. One more, please. Okay, well, let's go with that lineup. We've got Russ M., Colleen P., Surrey C., and Kathy W. Please go ahead, Russ. Good morning, Lynn. Thanks for your service. Russ M., Recover Compulsive Reader. So everything I have right now is from God in this program. And the reason why that's like that is because I work the steps. I'm no superstar. I ain't no uh, special guy. Uh, it's because I did it the way I, 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 you know, I was desperate enough and, and and probably the greatest place of my life in that desperation, and I just listened. And when I started sponsoring, I, I started building up frustration because some of the guys didn't want to listen to what, how I did it. They want to move forward. They want to do this. They, they, they wanted to do it on their own. They didn't want to concede. And I only could compare them to myself, which is not the greatest thing, but that's that's the truth of it. And I couldn't understand why people would drop off or I had to get rid of guys. So uh, not get rid of them. You know what I'm saying? Cut them. I ha- you have to. Because in the end, if I, if I sat there and pandered to them and manipulate me, I'm, I'm not doing them justice. I'm killing them. I'm hurting them. And they're not going to get a fair shake. They're not going to get the experience. So they need to, they need to crash and burn. So now, working with guys, 
now it's been about two and a half years. You just kind of follow it the way it was given to me, or, you know, really, I, I, not, not, I'll be there for you. I just won't be able to work with you because I'm cheating you. And you're actually, you're cheating yourself if you, if you don't do it the way it needs to be done. And that goes for me because now, even now, being recovered, you know, I want to cut a couple corners here and there because that's my nature. But if I do that, I'll go back to ruin and uh, and craziness and chaos. So it's simple. All we have to do is do what the book says. Have a great day. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Russ M. Colleen P., it's your turn, followed by Surrey C. Please go ahead, Colleen. Good morning. This is Colleen. Covering out, recovering compulsive overeater. I am so happy to be on the line. I'm a little nervous. This is my first time after listening for over a year and um, <clears throat> experiencing recovery. And I just started sponsoring. And oh my God, what a joy. I never thought that, you know, not only does it help me get out of my self centeredness, but Hearing somebody say that they've got a day of abstinence, just knowing that you had a little bit of part of carrying that message is um, something to hold you through the day, that's for sure. And I need um, proof every day that my higher power is with me. And and talking to a sponsee or anybody in the program gives me that. So uh, thanks for being there. I'll pass. Thank you, Colleen P. Siri C., it's your turn, followed by Kathy W. Please go ahead, Siri. Hi. Um, Siri C., compulsive overeater, not recovered. Um, You know, it's unbelievable. Um, I'm so grateful to God, to the higher power, that I'm here talking on this line. I am not recovered, and this paragraph was so kind, you know, family, you should be patient, um, because I'm a sick person, I was talking to somebody last night, and I was upset, and literally without realizing it, my face was in the fridge, now, I've been doing this Sorry, we lost you, please press star one. Hi, Siri, are you back? Nope, we lost you again. Okay, Kathy W., are you available? Yes, yes, I'm available. Okay, um, please go ahead, Kathy. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, what uh, I haven't sponsored in a while, um, but I have sponsored, and I've spoken with other sponsors who have said, um, that the sponsor-sponsee relationship um, needs to help both parties, you know, and um, that is difficult for me because I hear, um, because I came in really ready to, you know, I had that gift of desperation 
in a major, major way when I was ready to put down the food. It's like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Tell me what to eat and I'll eat it. Everybody doesn't come in that way. Um, they do not. And um, so when I get to a point when I sponsor, I'm able to sponsor again, uh, that's going to be a struggle for me um, because I do hear of people who have had a sponsor for a long time in and out of relapse, and eventually they get it. So, um, yeah, I uh, keep it in the day, although I think about that fairly, not fairly regularly. From time to time, I think about how will I um, manage that relationship uh, because I'm looking forward to uh, giving it away so that I can keep it. Um, and I'll just uh, end with that. Thank you for letting me share. This is Kathy W. from Upstate New York. Thank you, Kathy W. And Surrey C., are you back on the line? Yes, I'm back. Um, okay. Hi. Please go ahead. Okay. Um, I don't know if it, it, like, my phone times me out. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, no, I just wanted to say that, you know, at one point some of the people on this line said, you know, Siri, you're sharing, but you're just, you know, you're just not ready yet. And the truth is, you're right. I, he was right. I'm not ready. And my sponsor knew that. My first sponsor knew that. My second sponsor knew that. And I, I just, I just keep doing what I'm doing right now. I keep just right now showing up because this is such a deeply ingrained illness. I am so sick, and I feel for all these people. You know, how does a person get to the point where they're 600 pounds? I mean, I'm not there, thank God. But wherever I am, I get it. I get it. It's the, it, and it's so insidious. It's everywhere. And and I'm I. I'm just doing, you know, I, I, part of me, as soon as I heard that, when I'm not ready yet, I thought I was gung-ho, but I couldn't be abstinent. And so I wanted to just give up. Like, you called me on it. You said that I'm not ready. Um, but timing and patience and hope and love and, and following this program and still opening up the book and a friend that still cares and, and occasional outreach calls that I'll randomly get they are the reason why this fellowship is so amazing because it's it's just it's that volunteering it's that reaching out to people in a way that just says i accept you for where you are and i know and i trust that you can do this because this program is something that can work for everyone and anyone so i'm just i'm claiming my seat i'm saying i'm still showing up i i think i stopped listening for a little bit but i'm back because i there's a hope and a happiness and a fulfillment that comes from that I hear in the voices of those that are on, that are working the program daily and are, and have that abstinence. And I'm just, I just want in. <laughs> I want some of that, you know, I want to, I want to walk the road to happy destiny. And in the meantime, I'm walking on the side and saying, I will be there with cosmic timing, as somebody put it two days ago. Um, I know and I trust that I can keep working and taking those steps towards that, you know, reaching that road. So thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sari C. We have time for one more share. Who would like that spot? Jody E. Hi, Jody. Please go ahead. 
Thank you. Good morning. This is Jody E. Recovered in California, gratefully. So this first sentence is interesting. When you discover a prospect for Alcoholics Anonymous, find out all you can about him. I, I don't know that I do that when I discover a prospect or a new protege. I find out what I can about his disease, but I don't necessarily find out everything about him or her, usually her, always her, in fact. Um, I don't ask her about her occupation or her family situation. I focus pretty much on the the task at hand, which is recovering from compulsive overeating. If she does not want to stop eating compulsively, I do not waste time trying to persuade her. I think I know from my own personal experience as a compulsive overeater and from working with compulsive overeaters, it certainly is a waste of time if we aren't ready. I have to be ready and willing to put down the food, first of all, and to do whatever it takes to recover. And no one can get me there but me. No one. No one but me and my higher power. No one but me and the disease and my higher power. So as a sponsor, I need to be patient uh, and, and simply work with people who are ready, if I can find them. And, and and if they're not, then I, it becomes apparent after a period of time working with someone. That doesn't mean I won't work with them again when they become ready, if they ask me to. I will. I don't uh, give up on them. We keep trying. I'm working with someone now, and, and we've been working on and off together for three years. And I think she she may be ready now. I'm seeing signs that she is, and that is very heartening. So we do our best, all of us, and we need to be patient with each other. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Jody E. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Thursday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, February 13th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 14113. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure, Ken. Good morning, Lynn. One second. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly do... I'm sorry. Hang on a second. Sorry, guys. I was completely prepared, and um, here we go.
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Give freely of what you find. Oh, excuse me, clear away the record of their past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.